The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, Small Steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here, your host of this Mostly Without Guests podcast, but I'm kind of a host I guess. I'm hosting you guys, and I'll put it that way. Welcome to One and All. If you are just joining me, uh, buckle in. You'll see how things roll here very quickly. And if you've been here before, you know how they roll, and you're already buckled in. And that's great for you. Buckle up for safety. Uh, Yeah, glad to be uh, here talking to you guys. I do it every week. Actually, every week. 204 weeks, to be precise. 204. My goodness gracious. A little bit about this podcast. Um, It is a solutions-based podcast is how I frame it. Um, And what I mean by that is, you know, I share my ideas and perspectives and thoughts each week on how to live happier and healthier, how to achieve a a life that is... um, minimally stressful the good you know that includes the good kind of stress the stuff that helps us move and enjoy our lives and and being more engaged and evolve that kind of stress less of the stuff that makes us uh sick and unhappy and unhealthy in general less of that stuff more of the stuff that makes us feel better are you confused? You shouldn't be. That's pretty simple, right? I want to just like make people happier. That's the idea here. I come here every week to talk about that. Um, the solutions of it uh, is that when I talk about my ideas and thoughts, then I say, okay, here's how you get that done. And that's via my special, unique, small steps approach. That is unlike anything out there. I'm not saying it's better or worse, but it's unlike anything out there. You, you, you think you've Heard the small steps moniker, ah, small steps, but you you don't know what I talk about here unless you come here and listen to what I talk about. Wow, yeah, and and obviously very well delivered. I mean, seamless and eloquent, that's me. So, uh, glad you're here, and we'll get rolling on this. This is a, uh, for lots of people, a reminder each week to sort of help them reset their clock, much like the, the dial back day. Hashtag that I did today, my Monday dial back day, which is now expanding into other days. But my Monday dial back day is just me not eating until dinner. That's if you're just joining me, don't stress out about that. I'm not advocating it to anybody. I am uh, engaged in time restricted eating, or as people like to call it, intermittent fasting. Uh, so there are days where I just narrow that time that I consume uh, into a, a narrow window there. Some days it's, you know, in a nine hour window. Some days it's in a three-hour window. Some days, like today, it's in a two-hour window. But um, I'm liking it. I'm, I'm, I'm running great and feeling good. And 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 yeah, so I, I'm not going to rock the boat. Okay, I'm not going to rock the boat. I'm going to kind of rock, rock the boat, <clears throat> like rock the vote, but I'm not going to rock it like tip it over. Okay, I'm off the rails already. And I'm sorry, you guys, I'm mixing metaphors. I'm doing all sorts of crazy stuff. I am enjoying a, um, a cerveza today. Uh, yeah, usually coffee, mushroom coffee, espresso, sure, tea on occasion if I'm feeling particularly uh, Mendocino Coast where I where I live, um, hippie central. Um, but today, Modelo Especial, which means if you guys, anybody out there speak Spanish, you'll know it. Modelo Especial means special Modelo. Um, yeah, that's next level stuff. I'm not promising new language skills in this, uh, in this year podcast, but I'm just going to give you little nuggets for free. A couple quick announcements. Uh, the big news, of course, is smallsteppers.com is up and rolling. My goodness. 
Uh, it's been going great. Three weeks in a row. We've uh, well, I do one every week, but I've had three now. Three live Q and As, and uh, members get on there and ask me questions and stuff. It's it's basically a twelve week program where you learn my approach. You learn the system. I mean, really learn it so you're equipped to move on with your life uh, forever. And a couple things I want to note about that, and, and I believe that it's phenomenal the program. So I'm just I'm just saying. If you're interested in getting deep on this and actually learning how to incorporate this thing beyond what you get in this podcast, which for some is enough, frankly, like they've been, I've been getting emails for years from people who are who are doing this, um, but for others they want to just like buckle down and go through like an intensive that also just doesn't take but literally minutes a day, but they really learn the ins and outs of it, and there's some obviously personal attention since I'm doing live Q and A's every week. But some cool stuff. First of all, I'm loving the group that comes. I'm getting good numbers into the live Q&A, which is cool because everybody gets to see all that stuff and, and the questions and answers. thing. But I love the questions. Love the questions. Like they're right on the money. Like they're, they're not, not one has been how do I lose weight or anything. They're just right on the money. I mentioned a couple episodes ago, but I'm really digging it. It's like, what about this in the first task? And one of the things I wanted to mention for you guys, and this isn't this just came up in the live Q and A. So I like I'm going to be sharing some things to help people who you know who listen to this podcast um, negotiate my approach as well. One of the things was people grapple with the, what I call the first task. If you've heard this uh, podcast before, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't. Go back and listen to old episodes for real. You can go to SidGarzaHillman.com, by the way, and listen to episode number one through 204. Um, and some people are doing that, which is very cool. And, and there's certain things I'm sure I mentioned that are time-dependent, like where I'm going to be speaking. But the ideas and the uh, once the meat of the episode happens, they're timeless. They're not any. They're not. They're not particular to any time and place. They're just ideas of how to negotiate this world and all those kinds of things. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, you can go to SidGarzaHillman.com. And listen to all the old episodes, and also follow me on social media. That you go there and you can see where I'm at on social media. That's that's how interested I am in that. But you can also donate to the podcast there and buy some cool approaching the natural merchandise, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the first task, so it's like this: the not two minute thing, one minute thing. First task is you write down who you truly are, um, as if it's happening already. So in other words, your ideal life. Uh, that's how I frame it. I say it's your ideal life. You are told you're living the absolute perfect life for you, but you don't actually know what the reality of that is. You just you have a, a blanket over your head and somebody goes, you're living the best life you can imagine right now. What are you doing? And without knowing the reality, you write the things that you think would make up your ideal life. Um, I'm at a healthy weight. I run marathons. I work here. I hang out with my friends this much. I travel, et cetera, et cetera. So that to me is because I always say that I'm not helping people change their lives. I'm helping and become, well, I'm helping people change their lives. I'm not helping people become different people. I'm helping you guys become who you truly are. That That is absolutely true. It's not a gimmick. Uh, the, the reason why somebody might feel not good about the way they're behaving around cookies, for instance, because I've been there. I, I was a guy at work. When I used to work at UCLA, after I graduated, I took a job at the audiovisual department, and somebody would bring in like donuts, and I was a guy who would just like I'd take half. I'm just gonna have half. Five minutes later, go back get the other half. Every time, every time, just watch myself do it like I was watching a TV show. Oh, there he goes. There he goes again. Wah wah wah. A little freeze frame at the end with a donut in my mouth. Um, yeah. And so, uh, what I'm telling you is that is that the way how you feel about if you don't feel good about your relationship to donuts it's because 
it's not who you are. And it, how I know is because you don't feel good about it. It's this very weird thing about human beings is we have this ability to self-critique. Last week I talked about judging, right? We have this ability to look and say at our lives, that's not, I don't like that about myself. Now, if you say, I don't like something about myself, I would ask you, who's the I talking there? Because if you say, I don't like that about myself, then you're the person who is understanding what is you and not you. I just want to, I'm trying to extract that out. So anyway, back to the first task. So people go, a couple of questions came in like, I'm writing the first task and, and I need to, I mean, I'm realizing I need to make sure that it's, that the, the, the things I put on there are achievable. In other words, if you're, uh, you know, 80 years old and you write your first task, uh, I, I, I'm an Olympic marathoner, not achievable. I mean, I think we can all agree. I, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's freaking impossible. Um, but, but. So here's my answer to that in case you guys have done this and, and I, I wish you would because it's a really, really informative and awesome thing and you can just hang with that information before you make change one. But if you write, I'm at a healthy weight and you're not actually at a healthy weight, you have a direction to go into. But here's the thing. I don't want people hanging out, getting hung up on whether something's achievable or not. I want you to get something on paper. I want you to write down your ideal life. Why? Because it doesn't really matter and this is absolutely, I'll expand a little bit. It doesn't really matter if you ever achieve the thing in your first task. I, again, how many times, you guys listened to me before, how many times do I talk about failure? All, all the time. Because we think this idea of, okay, okay once I write this down, and, and, and if I don't achieve it, then I will have failed. So what I would use as an example, which didn't actually happen because I wasn't using my own small steps approach because I hadn't crafted it yet 20 years ago. You guys, really, what am I, a soothsayer? Reading a crystal ball? I didn't have these kind of tools at my disposal. Couldn't even Google it back then, my small steps approach. But back when I was playing music full-time, I would have written in my first task, um, I, I'm a full-time musician. I make a good living playing music. I travel all around the world and, you know, play shows and tour, whatever. It would have been that picture. Okay. Now, did I ever achieve those things? No, did not. But did I achieve quite a bit? Yes, I did. And so here's the thing. It's, it really is less important that you have this, here's what I'm going to do. And if I don't do this exact thing, I failed. What's more important to me is... Here's how I fashion myself. This is an internal reality in your head. And that, that dictates and informs your actions. So in other words, back to me, because I can't hear what you guys are saying. I mean, you're not even speaking out loud enough. And frankly, you have Britney Spears is way too high on your stereo right now. Turn it down. You can't even hear this podcast. And how are you playing two things at once? Really amazing. It's not important that I didn't get the gold record if I wrote gold record, but, but it, it did inform the way that I behaved as a musician. I took my job seriously because that's what I would do. I worked my ass off because that's what I would do. I did play live because that's what I would do. I would spend money I didn't have on a credit card to record an album the way that I truly wanted to because that's what I would do. What it does is it, this first task tells you Two things. One, what would you actually do? And also teaches you that it doesn't really matter the end game. Because once you start behaving as who you truly are, that's when you get the health and happiness that you want and deserve. So you all of a sudden realize that the, maybe the gold record isn't 
that big of a deal. You write at your, uh, you know, your first task, I'm at a healthy weight, I, you know, and maybe you never get to a healthy weight or maybe you write down, I weigh 127 on the scale and maybe you never get to 127, but all the while you're filling in day to day with more you. A diet just puts you on the track to get to the 127, but it doesn't teach you the value of being who you truly are. You're never who you truly are when you're on a diet, unless you would describe yourself as somebody who diets. And I, I've never met anybody who does. I've met tons of people who, who've gone on diets. I've done things like cleanses and fasts. Now I know those things aren't me. I mean, to the, to a certain extent. I'm about to, I'm, I'm formulating the idea of doing a four-day water fast. I'm, I'm in my brain. I haven't done it yet. I haven't pulled the trigger yet. Um, at the Wellness Center at the Stanford Inn where I work, I have to taste food in the kitchen. Jeff Stanford and I trade off those duties. And obviously, if I'm doing a water fast, I, that's four days that he's going to need to do it. So basically, I need to bribe him. I need to be like, I will give you a half a donut, and then I'm going to give you the other half of the donut at the end of the four-day water fast. First half before the four-day and the last half after. I think that would do it for him. I think he would be like, yeah, good, good deal. Good trade, Sid. Um, but 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 again, like I would say that is me now because I am researching things. I'm trying the time-restricted eating, perfect example. It's something that I'm reading about and finding out about, and it's interesting to me, and it's something I want to try. It's in the, for me, again, for me, in the right perspective, I have the right perspective about it. I don't go, this is going to be the solution, the one thing I need to do to change everything for the better. It's just, let me give this a shot and not give up on all the other parts of my life. Sorry, kids. Dad can't talk to you right now. I'm on, a, I'm on time restricted. That's what I'm doing right now. Can't hang out with you guys. I'm locked. I'm locked in. Because I hit my I hit hour seven, so now I'm just shutting down. Just um, so again, it's putting in that proper perspective. So that's the first task. It, it doesn't have to be achievable. It has to set you on the direction that you can start today. Because it's followed up by the small steps list, right? Of of things that are minimally stressful that you can immediately take on. That good kind of stress I mentioned earlier in this freaking episode that then you on, you're on your way. And you will see the result become a lot less important. I hate this word. I've hate, I hate it, but I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop mentioning it, but it's journey. Sorry, I just, I always throw up in my mouth when I say the word journey. Oh, there it was again. Another sip of Modelo. Wash that back down. Mm. Mm. The journey, the journey is is the thing. When you, when you talk about a happy, healthy life, you're not talking about, uh, screw it until I'm 78 and then I hope I get a gold record. That's not, nobody talks about a healthy and happy life with an end game. They talk about, that is by definition, a, a, the life. The life isn't a day. The life isn't a thing. The life is the entirety of your journey, journey, journey the whole thing. And so it's, how it is along the way that is what counts. And all I'm saying is the first task, don't get hung up on, could I actually get this done? Get hung up on the fact is, can I move in this direction? Ball game. End of story. Ball game. Now you're living the life more and more each day of who you are. Dig? Got it? Okay, good. It's amazing. Like I've been talking about first task for 200, I mean, not every week, but for 204, almost four years. And these little subtleties appear, and it's incredible. So I'm, it's just kind of great and great questions and how cool people do that. Anyway, smallsteppers.com, go, go do that thing. Health Made Simple, nomeanathlete.com slash meal-plan-system um, is the 
so there's like I was thinking about today, like there are two things that I do now that that I get income from. I know it's horrible that anybody should make money doing these kind of things. It's horrible. It should all be free content. Music too. I mean, just you, nobody should pay for toothpaste, but for crying out loud, uh, and pay for 97 channels you don't watch on DirecTV. But Jiminy Christmas. Um, anyway, I'm I'm teasing, but kind of not. Like these are great programs and they're worth the money. Sorry, but they are totally. Otherwise, I wouldn't put my stamp on them. Health Made Simple is the meal part of this, the actual food stuff. Matt Fraser, the No Meat Athlete, and I crafted this thing to be highly effective to do what? To teach you how to eat day to day. Not to teach you a thousand recipes, but to teach you literally how to negotiate your own life day to day to minimize the amount of time it takes you in the kitchen and to maximize your nutrition and realize how simple it actually is. It's health made simple. Boom. So that's cool. So smallsteppers.com and nomediathlete.com slash meal-plan-system. Okay, good, good. Um, next week, week and a half, going to North Carolina. Going to see Matt Fraser actually. And I go there and Doug, old Doug Hay there in North Carolina, uh, followed up by the Los Angeles California Veg Fest in September 16th, 17th, the World Veg Fest October 1st, and Portland, the Northwest Veg Fest October 14th and 15th, and the SoCal Veg Fest October 28th and 29th. This is all 2017, if you're wondering. For links on those, go to the show notes. I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to be announcing these links because you're probably driving or on a treadmill or both. You know how they have like treadmill desks? I think they should do like treadmill cars. Or you could walk. I guess that's kind of like a treadmill car, isn't it? Um, YouTube, would you please notice how I skate over all the other social media crap because it is. But YouTube, goodness gracious, right? YouTube, go to my YouTube channel and subscribe. I've been getting a fair amount of subscribers lately and that's a good thing. I'm finally, I don't know if I'm hitting a stride there, but it's what it is and you should subscribe or not should, but you should hopefully want to. Um, can you pass the test? Can you pass the test was the YouTube video I posted this morning. What was it about? Well, like most YouTube videos I do, it's about what I've been thinking a lot about lately. Last week's was the consistency issue about the Wim Hof thing um, that I've been doing over a year now. But but in that context, it's... I can't... Like I've been doing cold therapy. I hate to say the word literally, but it, it's a, it's applicable. Can you just leave me alone about it? But literally every day, like every I've not missed a single day. And I'm a big most of the time fan. I'm telling you, it's all mott for me most of the time. But this cold therapy, man, I'm just digging it so much. It makes me feel so good. I just do it every day. Like, And if I miss a day, I hope that I act like myself, which is not going to beat myself up about it, um, and, and realize it's one day whoop-de-doo. But right now, man, I'm just digging it. I'm digging it. And if I have to get in for a minute or two minutes, I'll do that. Usually, I'm 10 minutes in an ice-cold shower. I mean cold or the river or the ice bath. Really digging it. Um, but I have to tell you, like after this many days, 300 and whatever, 80 days straight, um, I can't say that that I'm, with rare exception, am I going, oh, I cannot wait to get in that cold shower. Get, let me at it. Or, man, I can't wait to get in that river. I mean, there's been a couple times where I'm like, this would feel amazing. I want to get in there. Rare. I mean, I'm talking, you can count it on a hand, on one hand. One hand, one finger, you could probably count it if you were. And and so the point is, is that, and this is the passing the test, a couple things going on there. I am a huge fan of discomfort. I'm a huge fan of struggle because I think that's where the happiness and health 
lie. I think that the marketplace is trying to uh, convince us that those two things are not necessary to achieve what you want to achieve. And I think that's a uh, false bill of goods. So, so much a false bill of goods that we, li- we actually waste time um, in our lives trying to find these things that will give us these things for free. We, we don't want to earn. And we, every time we try to do that, we waste. It's valuable time to me that I don't want you to spend any more on. If I had my way, I would say like, let's buckle down and let's start working on this. And you're going to start seeing some stuff happen right away. That's the small steps approach and the small steps ethic is, is, is doing this. Now the test I'm referring to in the video is this, is this, and this is going to, this is going to, spoiler alert, this is going to seamlessly segue me into the, segue me into the subject of this week's podcast. I mean, it's going to be so brilliant. I don't even want, I don't want to overhype it. It's just going to be very seamless. You're going to be like, when did he start talking about the subject of this week? I didn't even notice the transition. That's incredible. He's so seasoned. What a veteran. Um, The test I'm talking about is just that that we are, we are becoming more and more an untested species. We are super reliant on uh, technologies and, and well, I, I like to kind of put it in the technology realm. Just at, I think it's a great catch-all word because so much of what we do to offset stress, so much of what we do to maintain at least the facade of comfort is we go to technology. Now, how do I d- define technology? Lightbox food is technology. I, I, in my classes now, I'm just referring to, here's what I refer to technology, animals that we raise for food and process plants. To me, that's all technology. It, has, it, it bears little resemblance, even in the animal realm, to anything totally natural. The animals we raise are not like wild animals at all. The plants we process and refine are not like the plants they came from, period. So they're technology. We apply our brains technologically to alter and manipulate and shift things. Fine. Got it. But Tylenol, Pepto-Bismol, Digel, uh, pharmaceutical drugs, you know, prescription and otherwise, right? These are technologies. Obviously, the what we think of as technology, iPhones, iPads, TV, all those kinds of things, technology, okay? Travel, technology, airplanes, cars. These are the ways that our brains are able to fashion tools and craft tools that are supposedly to make our lives better and to make our lives easier. Does that happen? Rarely. And it's not because of the fault, get into this in a second, not because of the fault of the technology per se. It is in the fault of the way that we use them or abuse them, as the case may be. The test is this reality. And are we tested sometimes like we have stressful times? Of course, we have trust. We have a just an absolute horrible day at work and we are stressed. And I'm thinking in my own practice, that we're just not trained for this stuff. It's 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 a lack of training that that is that is tanking us. We have a bad day at work, and we of course we need the Ben and Jerry's because we're not equipped for that level of stress. And, and here's why: because day to day we're not putting ourselves in any stress. We're avoiding stress at all costs all the time, and we have these tools that are fake and artificial that allow us to bypass a direct experience of stress for the most part. And so when, when actual stress happens in our lives, we, we're not equipped. We do tank and we do go to the stuff that doesn't make us healthy. And so that, that is where I say, can you pass this test, is, is the, ice, the, the 10 minutes of, of a cold shower or an ice bath or getting in the river is just one of many little tests I do, like running upstairs or dropping down doing my integrated exercise. 
Yeah, it's, I guess, yes, it's physiologically sound to that it's better to move your body than not. And and so part of it is that, of course, to, to, to make my body strong. But it's also, almost more importantly to me, it's to make my mind strong. It's not like I always go, oh, I can't wait till I do my push-ups in the, on the floor. Usually it's kind of a pain in the ass, I got to be honest with you. Where the small steps comes in is that I don't do so many that I just quit and don't do it at all. I set my level to where I go, it's only 10. Jiminy Christmas, Sid, would you stop with a freaking whining? You'd be done with the push-ups by now if you weren't Wendy Whiner. And so I go down and do 10 seconds worth of push-ups and I come back on. I feel better for it after every 100% of times. I've never done integrated exercise where I go, I wish I hadn't done that. I always go, I'm glad I did that. I've never gone into a cold shower river or ice bath and said, oh boy, I bet I really regret doing that. A hundred percent of times, I'm so happy that I did it. I mean, just elated. And again, this speaks to last week's video of the, of the consistency of this, because if you can stick with something long enough, and I would say small steps, man, that's your deal, because that's how you learn. That's how you incorporate something long enough to where you actually see the, the payoff so clearly. And look, I'll be very honest because this is just I've talked about I've talked about this probably a fair amount. It's it's like the judgment last week I was talking about and 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 selfishness that they're what part of us. Well, so is this a, a in a way we're all drug addicts. It, it the the drugs that we're addicted to vary from person to person. Some people are addicted to outright drugs. Some people are addicted to you know, junk food, that's their drug. Some people are addicted to social media. We're addicted to anywhere that we can get a high. It's what it is. To me, it's the, it's the, you know, it's that pleasure principle. It's like, we're going for that stuff. To me, it's like, let's be honest and be better about that so that we are looking to more healthier avenues to get that high. But be clear that I'm not going into the ice cold bath for 11 minutes in 40 pounds of ice because uh, it's great for my cardiovascular system, which which it is, and 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 that, that's part of it, no doubt. But really, what's getting me in there after three hundred and eighty odd days is that I know what's coming after. I know that I am going to feel better, feel more energized, feel more vibrant, feel more, uh, have more clarity of thought. The, the, that's what guides me there. It's 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 a very different model in a way than me going. Um, I'm gonna drink a six pack of beer, which which gives me the pleasure of the beer, but then I never afterwards go, oh, I'm so glad I did that. I, I really don't. But yet every time I do something, a healthier version of the drug, like the cold therapy or an ultra marathon, I go, I'm really glad I did that. And again, it, it, it's, you know, I said in the video, like I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I'm not going to, you know, to to jump off a freaking building. Yet, but but at this but but for real, I'm not an I'm just not one of those. I'm, I'm not a thrill seeker like that. But I am a a I don't know how to phrase it. A, a minimized t- daily tester. I'll just put it that way because it's sexy. That sounds fantastic. Minimized daily test. I'm an MDT. I mean, if you acronym anything, and that is a verb by the way to acronym something. If you acronym anything, it's it makes it great. So don't say I'm a minimized daily tester. Just say oh by the way I'm an MDT. Hashtag MDT. Mm. Mm. That is one special Modelo. Um, and by that, I mean I put myself into little intentional tests day to day. Why? Because it keeps me strong. It keeps me engaged. It keeps me 
in the game more fully than if I'm not doing those things because it's because it is so easy to check out because it is just incredibly easy to check out. We can keep ourselves busy with work and then we can keep ourselves busy with the news and then we can keep ourselves busy with a movie and then we can keep ourselves busy eating junk food and then we can keep ourselves busy with having a few beers or whatever. But but when you have these infusions of little tests, little little subtle things, uh, man, it's life changing for for real because you're you're in training all the time. We we think of training like I'm going to train an ultra marathon and so I'm going to run this many weeks and this this many miles per week and et cetera et cetera. But below that is this little daily testing of our own metal, M E T T L E. Boom, nailed it, Rajay's thesaurus. But it's a daily testing. And as I said in the video, you don't know what you can do until you can see what you can do. And that's what small steps is. I've talked about it. Accomplishments. Every small step you do every day is an accomplishment. That's what you get used to. You get used to a little bit of stress. You get used to, more importantly, a dealing with that stress effectively. And all of a sudden, that's what your ball game is. That's your, that's your baseline. And, and I was thinking about this, actually, at the live Q&A, um, which, is, which is because People, these people are new to my. Well, they, they've heard the podcast, but this is deeper, and so they're they're new to this kind of level of 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 knowledge about this whole program. And so, a lot of the questions are some of the questions have been like, um, "What about training for uh, you know?" And this has been along the way, but training for an ultra like that's a big goal. Training for an ultra marathon, um, and I, I those are to me that's apples and oranges. And 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 again, I'm an ultra marathoner, and I'm I'm actually like my so. I, this is totally an aside, but I ran ultra, I ran two marathons when I was 45 years old. I'm 48. I'm very late to the game in this whole thing. But after two marathons, I was like, eh, what's next? Like, I kind of like, it was great, good fun, but big groups. And I don't know, I'm sure there's cool races, but then I kind of stumbled upon ultra marathoning and trail running. And I was like, ha ha. And so really like that. Since then, you know, I'm looking into like parkour, which I'm not going to do, but I'm just fascinated with it and, and, and sort of obstacle training. So my new, my new thing that I'm going to look into is, um, like a tough mutter or a Spartan race. So that's my net. I haven't committed yet. I'm going to look into it. It looks very fun to me. And I just want to kind of try that out for fun too. Again, you know, not, I'm not a glutton for punishment. It's just, these are the things that you, that juice, they're the juice, man. Um, these technologies can't deliver what you can get for yourself by actually engaging. It's it's the real deal. So anyway, what I was talking about is training for these things is is one thing. Small stepping is a is a, a baseline activity. Here's what I mean by that. There are spikes of experience in our lives, like a diet, like, and I've said before, you can be a small stepper and diet. Period. You absolutely can. Um, you can do these things. But small stepping is the baseline. Small stepping is raising your day-to-day to to a healthier, happier version. Then that's sort of like the straight line across your life. That's small stepping. That's a way to engage, get up in the morning, and just behave this way. You know, you you learn how to self-care. You learn how to do the best you can in any situation. You're not married to a certain activity, no matter what your circumstance. You're you're pliable and you're adaptable, and that's a small step where you go like, I'm traveling today, so I can't eat the best, very best things, but I'm going to do the best thing I can. And so you you learn, and then there's no guilt, and there's no beating up, and all you guys have heard it, right? Okay, that's your baseline. That's you getting up in the morning, and then in addition to that, are the things that you do for fun. You travel, you train for a race, or you go on a diet because you go, oh, it'd be really fun to eat this way, or whatever. You do a ten week DVD plan, but all the while, 
day to day, you're treating yourself well. You're a small stepper. Your baseline is rising. And then there's little spikes. So it's not, I think people like have this thing of like, they want to catch me. Like, what about this? And I'm like, look, I never sold small stepping as a, as a, like a, a quick fix. It's, I fashioned it to be the opposite of a quick fix. I'm, I fashion it to be a lifestyle, to literally be a way to approach your life every day for the rest of your life. That's always been what it was. But I've never said that once you're a small stepper, you can never then train for an ultra marathon because it doesn't fit in a small stepper's you know, regime. No, that's insane. Of course you can. I think it's fantastic. I'm saying that you can train for something like that as a small stepper, you can say, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to try this race and it's going to fit into the entirety of my life this way. And I'm going to make that happen so that I don't sacrifice my own happiness in the process. I'm going to be very clear that I'm doing this because it's going to make me, I think it's going to make, you don't even have to know for sure, but I think it's going to make me happier. And so therefore, I'm going to get up early so that I can still be with the kids as much as possible. I can still get work, you know, whatever. You, 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 you balance out always your life to say, how important is this thing? Is this going to tank me? What should I, can I take on something right now that's not going to upset the rest of my life? These are the ways the small steppers think. But don't, don't, don't try to tell me that you can't, that you can't, now you're a small stepper, so you can't train for a 50 mile ultra marathon. Quite the contrary. I think you're in a better position to train for a 50 mile ultra marathon because you're not going to let it tank your, your overall health and happiness. You're going to make sure it fits into that picture. Dig? Okay. Good. I'm glad we had this task. I'm glad we had this talk. Where was I? Remember I talked about the seamless foray into the subject of this week's podcast? That did not happen because you got because you guys got me uh, distracted. Um, and so back to... So that's the baseline of it. Okay. And oh, I got to tell you one other question. This person asked, she said, well, how would I know... How do I know when I'm done with this uh, 12-week thing that I'm going to stick with this and I'm not going to just go back to like dieting? And, and I said, I don't... I can't tell you that. You can treat my small stepping as just like another diet. You could learn my system and then move on to something else and move on to something else. But I think it's apples and oranges, and here's why. Because this is a way to think. This is a way to negotiate your life, and, and I'm not handing you do this on day 14 to get you to day 15 to 16 to 21 to 84 pounds of, law, of fat loss within two months. There's no end game. There's no end game. So what I said was, you may, may want to jump from this, and you're not done with diets yet. You're just not done with diets. I still think there's one out there that's going to change my life for the better and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't know. But this is a way of thinking that you will never lose. When you listen to this podcast and you start incorporating these things into your daily life, you never lose that. You will remember that. You might forget what you did on day 14 of a diet that you did 20 years ago, but you will not forget this system of thought. You may not use it, but you will not forget it such that at any given time in the future, if you are finally like, I can't do this anymore. I can't yo-yo diet. Guess what you're going to know how to do immediately? You're going to know how to do this. You're going to know how to be a small stepper. You're going to write your first task and you're going to start building a step list and understand all the subtleties that go along with that because you did the thinking of this. Again, there's no end date here. The end date is you're thinking as a small stepper for the rest of your life. If you want to call that the end game, fine. But there's no scale weight. There's no six-pack abs because I don't tell you what your goals are. There's not even a 50-mile race at the end of it. Within that, again, within that context, you can do the 50-mile race. You can do the diet, all these kinds of things. But you will never forget this way of thinking. And so when you're ready, you will ease your way in. The biggest uh, hindrance, I would say, is that people think it's not enough. That's always the thing. Like they think it all sounds good, but you know, two squats, man, it's not enough. I mean, that doesn't do anything. 
and I'm going to argue forever and win 97.9, That's how, that's how it's over 10, um, of the time that, that it's more than you would do if you took on too much and burnt out, which is, which is what most people do. And the two squats is your in point, frankly. And in two months, you're running 30 minutes a day. Because I've seen it. This is not magic. This is engage and watch how that spreads. But you got to get in there. But I got to convince you of that. So fine, I'll come back here every week and do that. But you may not be ready to listen to me. You go, That's, it just doesn't sound, I mean, I really like to, I just want to make a huge change. Now, first of all, I'd say maybe you're a small stepper. And so that huge, supposedly huge change isn't stressful for you. So that's your small step. But if it is stressful for you, then do it. Maybe you'll you'll willpower through it. Maybe you won't. But if you don't, you're going to come back and go, okay, got it. Got it. Now I got to treat myself well during this process because that did not feel good. I didn't, it wasn't an ice bath that I got out and went, I'm so glad I did that. Most of the time it's, I feel shame and embarrassment because I gained all the weight back and spent three months, you know, freaking using cayenne pepper, lemon juice, and freaking hot water and making celery soup for crying out loud. What did, what did I do that for if I'm just going to gain it all back? Again, I don't know, but this is your deal. This is your deal. To, this, you got, now you got a home to come back to, okay? Come home. Come home, half pint. You thought I was going to give up Little House in the Prairie just because I talked about it last week? Shame on you. Shame on you. Here's my seamless uh, segue into this week's uh, episode. This week in technology. This week in technology. Now, here's what's going to blow your mind. Okay, I'm very clever with, with uh, words, uh, with word-type things. Week is spelled W-E-A-K, okay? This week, W-E-A-K in technology. Now, is this speaking to my overall message of struggle and work and all this? Yes, it is. Uh, short answer is the technologies are making us weak. In the food realm, the in- increased consumption of, of these technologically raised animal foods and these refined plants, olive oil and white flour and white sugar, all these kinds of crazy things, they're, they're making us weak physically, the, the other technologies in our world, the other things, drugs, our technology, alcohol, light box foods, um, the, the movies and the TVs and the, the, the TVs and the, and the news, also weakening us. We are becoming soft. And, and, and because we're not, again, I think because we're not being tested, because we're not engaging in our lives, we're using these things too much. Now, I'm not anti these things. I'm certainly not anti things like you know pharmaceutical drugs, just absolutely not. I mean, if I had a problem <clears throat> today, I'm going to go like a big one, like a, a broken arm or my son who had second degree burns last month, you know, I, right to the hospital. There's no question. I don't go, hey, man, I just like it's not nutrition, man. <laughs> I'll let the sun's rays do what they need to do and stuff. I went right to the doctor. That's just me. I just don't want to use it that much. If I have heart problems, I'm going to go on prescription medications. I just don't want to have to go on prescription medication. I'm glad they're there. I'm very happy that they're there because if I'm traveling and contract some crazy bacterial infection, I'm super happy that I can get an antibiotic. I'm super happy about that. I just want to do what I can day to day so that I'm not taking antibiotics, which I haven't in 14 years because of the things that I do in my life to make myself as minimally stressed as possible in the context of a pretty stressful life. The technology that we are presented within the modern world is fine and I use it and and me watching Pretty in Pink is 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 perfect example. Freaking love that movie. But I'm not I want to make sure there's a balance to the things that are offsetting our stress and other things that are applying a little bit of stress to help us grow intellectually, 
psychologically and physically. Those little physical tests that are also mental. Me getting an ice bath is a physical test, but by God, more importantly than that, it's a mental test. I mean, it is me engaging on that level, being with struggle instead of trying to avoid it for that moment, you know, for that 11 minutes or whatever. Um, but my wife sent me an article that really inspired me to bring this up as a, as a subject in this week's podcast, which is, it was in the Atlantic, and the title of the article is, have, have Smartphones Destroyed a Generation? I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but it's about basically the generate post-millennial generation, and some pretty scary things are occurring, and this is specifically geared toward iPhone usage. Um, but things like this generation, are there are more homebodies, there's more depression, there's more suicide, there's more childlike behavior, not in a good way, like they're delaying their entrance into adulthood with regard to, you know, when they get their driver's licenses, they're just the behavior of, of being a responsible, independent person that takes care of him or herself in a, in a you know, in a, in a more mature way. So I want to read a couple quotes. One is, Psycholo- quote, psychologically, however, they are more vulnerable, vulnerable than millennials were. Rates of teen depression and suicide have skyrocketed since 2011. It's not an exaggeration to describe iGen, what this writer calls that generation, as being on the brink of the worst mental health crisis in decades. Much of this deterioration can be traced to their iPhones, end quote. And what they're also finding is that they lack the ability uh, in any meaningful way to actually socialize. And by act, I had to say actually, because we have this idea that social media is socializing. It's not. It's a social-based media, but it's technology. It's an intermediate, it's a mediated experience. You are re- relating to somebody through a technology. You're not sitting in front of that person and you're you're posting on Facebook and they're replying or you're leaving a nasty comment on YouTube and then they're replying. It's, it's mediated. And, 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 and fantastic in some ways. I mean, how great that I can Skype somebody that I know or, or connect on, on Facebook. The problem is, is that, again, the usage is unregulated. And I'm totally putting this on the parent. Look, my new book, Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family. It's at the printer right now, and it's coming out. And this is what it's about. This is, that, this is a parenting issue for me. And Lisa and I are deep in this right now with a 13-year-old. She doesn't have an iPhone. She does not have an iPhone. She has a she has one of Lisa's old ones that she can use on Wi-Fi with two people that she texts. That's our limit. Like it's not, she doesn't carry it outside the house. And she has two friends that she that she can text with. Maybe that happens a couple nights a week. And we are, this is all brand new, by the way. We have not handed her an iPhone. She does not have it. She just got back from camp for eight days. And never was, I never tied, even talked to her in eight days. No technology. And her friends, all of her friends have phones. Absolute just. Phones, they just have phones. And we are the ones who are going, this isn't good. And by the way, it's very helpful for me to see these other kids with phones because it makes me just go, yes, best decision ever not to hand Luna a phone at 13. She's not ready. I want her to know how to relate to people, how to look people in the eye, and how to actually socialize in in the way that our design dictates. Again, approaching the natural. I rely on this natural design that is there. And we are a social being, not a social media being. We're a social being. We do better when we are with physically people. What happens when we, do, when we separate ourselves is we lose. The problem with social media is it's the facade of connection. But it's not actually connection. You know how you can tell? Because it's, it, because it's, it's, regulate, it's self-regulated. And here's what I mean. 
the jackass who leaves a nasty comment on YouTube, nine times out of 10 would not say that to the person's face. Because we know that we have this protection. And so we can just say whatever we want. But that's preventing us from learning who we are. Because we're not the people that would act like that in real life. My fear is that this is becoming real life. I'm not anti-technology. I'm not anti-social media. I just want to know a better place for it in my life. And I'll tell you what. Uh, when I basically stopped doing social media, like I have an assistant who helps post things for me because I just, it was taking over my life in a, in a very negative way, in a way that was preventing me from writing my damn book. I mean, I couldn't focus. It was killing me. I was, I was actually scared, scared that I had lost the ability to focus. I've talked about this before. During the writing of this book, I was podcasting every week and I was going like, what is going on with me? So, uh, another oh, and the, the other point that the writer made was when they actually do socialize, what do they do? They document. They they're not actually there even when they're there. They go to a party and everyone's taking pictures of everybody else and selfies and pictures and video and pictures and video and pictures and selfies. And there's there's this thing of like we can't lose this memory, but they don't actually create the memory. They are mediated at every step of the way. They are behind. In between them and life is a screen. In between them and life is a screen. Boy, this is the kids today, isn't it? Here's the thing. The reason I bring it up today, it's, about, it's not about my parenting book. not about my healthy families book. This is adults too. This is me. This is me three or four years ago going, <clears throat> I got to start, <clears throat> start excuse me, making steps to, to, to put my phone away. Because I could see it happening. It's very addictive. And, and you guys, this isn't news. It's super addictive. And so there's my phone all the time. And I'm going, Jiminy Crit. Like, this is going to take me down. It's not who I am. How did I have that ability? Because I do my own practice. I know, the fir- I know me in the first task. And I'm not glued to a phone in the first task. Have I been glued to the phone? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, still am now and then. And I got I to gotta regulate that and restrict it. Not in it, but there's the word restriction, right? To, in, to make my overall life better. That's why I do that. That's why I put the phone down and walk, out, walk away with it because it makes my whole life. I restrict one small area for that reason. Another quote. Quote, It may be a comfort, but the smartphone is cutting into teens' sleep. Many now sleep less than seven hours most nights. Sleep experts say that teens should get about nine hours of sleep a night. A teen who is getting less than seven hours a night is significantly sleep-deprived. 57% more teens were sleep-deprived in 2015 than in 1991. 57%. That was my, uh, my you know, added uh, <laughs> importance. In just the four years, <clears throat> excuse me, in just the four years from 2012 to 2015, 22% more teens failed to get seven hours of sleep. In just four years, <clears throat> we are crumbling under this stuff. Why? Because it's unchecked. Am I saying let's dump all technology? 100% not at all. Ain't going to happen. Doesn't matter. It's a stupid conversation to have. What I'm saying is for our own lives, much less the lives of our, of our children, we need to understand the parts that these things play just like we do with the beer that I'm having, just like we do with the light box foods, just like we do with with you know techno movies and TV fun stuff we need to marry that with the stuff that is more substantial heavy box food heavy box mental nutrition things that are in helping us engage more in life helping us directly experience 
life. And to me, it's like, my daughter's going to have a phone at some point. But I, I was thinking about the analogy is like poetic life. Have you ever heard of poetic license? So it's like poetic license. And that just means I had to pull poetical. I had to pull my poetic license out of my wallet like every other sentence for my for my new book. Like and when I when I first turned in the the manuscript to the managing editor, she's like, um, "There's a you know there's a lot of fragments." And I was like, "Yeah, I know, I know." <laughs> you know, like I understand there's fragments. Like I I get it. I'm I'm pulling poetic license. I know how to subject verb my way through a sentence. But the style of this book was very intentional and crafted to be what it is. I want it to be a quick, easy read. You can pick it up and whip through it and grab a page here, grab a page there. But it's poetic license. Here's what it is. It's learn the bare bones first. Learn the basics. Then you can stray and craft and adjust and shift your own style, your own voice. But but it's but it's about learning the the basics first. And that's how I feel about socializing. It's like, I want my daughter to know how to socialize first. I want her to know the basics of looking somebody in the eye and having a conversation over dinner for crying out loud long before I want her to have her main source of socializing be through a freaking iPhone and texting, which has no uh, inflection. It's hard to know tone from this stuff. Do I text? Of course I text. Everybody's texting. I, I got it. But man, there is, I understand and I'm aware and want my children to be aware of the qualitative difference between that kind of communicating and actually talking to somebody. And I always hope for them that they see the value of actual socialization. I want them to know how to socialize. And Simply the way that we socialize on social media is not the way we do in person. It's just not the, we don't do it the same way. We just don't do it the same way. We, we have false bravado. We don't look in, in, in a person's eyes. This, when we look in somebody at their face, we, we are measured and more aware of the, how we behave in that moment. When we do it through social media, we're in a way less aware. We go by the gut. We go by the, I'm going to react, reaction instead of action. And I don't want anybody listening to this to lose that part of them to this kind of thing, to know what is truly valuable in your life. The, the fact is, we're not going to stop trying to create things that make life easier. This is the human, the human brilliance is thousands of years ago making tools, you know, making the hammer, making this, the, the, thing, the thingamajigs that we did, the wedge, the lever, amazing stuff, email, incredible. But every time we have this technology, it's kind of this underlying idea of like, now that we have email, man, we don't even have to put stamps on an envelope and we don't have to go to the post office. It's going to save us so much more time, except that it didn't. And all it did was create this thing where we're expected to get way more done in the same amount of time. We're as busy as we ever were. We're not taking more time for ourselves. Why? Because it's unchecked. Because there's no ethic and there's no philosophy and there's no thinking behind these technologies. If we have technology that's devoid and independent of ethics and independent of thought, we lose because they're so tempting and they will grab us in and they will keep us and hold us because they're addictive. It is our jobs individually to assess whether where these technologies need to be in our lives to enable us to be actually happier and to make our lives easier. I don't do this perfectly, not by a long shot, but I'll tell you, I'm very aware of the process. I'm speaking in Portland. Do you think that I'd go, well, it's not really, I don't like technology, and so I'm just going to walk to Portland? Of course not. I'm going to use technology. It's incredible. I can't wait. What I can't wait for is 
getting the most efficient way up there so I can not miss work at the inn, number one. And number two, the payoff is getting there and actually being able to relate to people in person, to see people. I can't wait. I love speaking in front of groups. Like it's the best thing ever. And so it's proper use of technology that I'm talking about here. Overuse weakens us. We are becoming soft. Our bodies and minds are are very, 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 very accurate reflections of our overuse of technology. It's just, we're seeing it all over the place. We're seeing with fat around the midsection. We're seeing with high blood pressure. We're seeing with all the things that our bodies show us and talk to us and say, this isn't working for me. Our minds with these children, more more depression, more suicide. Adults too. Adults too. And we're going to have to make intentional effort to put ourselves in natural situations because we don't have to. And that's such a weird thing, you guys. That's why I come here so every week because it's such a weird thing to say you have to choose to eat healthy. Why would you have to? We're not built to choose to eat healthy. We're built to find food on the ground and freaking pick it up and eat it. That's what we're trained to do. This is weird for us. Well, now in the technological realm, we have to choose to get up out of our freaking chair put our phone down and drive to a coffee house and just be around people. We're going to have to make that decision to do that because we we are getting to this point where stamps.com and every other freaking thing that that shows up at our door makes us one less makes it one less reason why we have to actually see anybody else ever. It's amazing how close we are to maybe never having to leave our house at all. It's kind of scary. Food can be delivered, obviously. Mail's picked up at our house. It's like we don't have to email. We don't have to do all these kinds of things. And we feel, but yet we have this facade that we feel connected because we're on freaking Facebook. And it means that we have to make a conscious effort effort to act otherwise. Not entirely, but to test ourselves day to day. To consciously, intentionally put ourselves in situations that are more natural than not. Does that take work? Yes, 100%. Does that take training, mental training? Yes, 100% it does. We cannot phone in our lives anymore. That ship has left the harbor. We cannot wander around the forest and just be pick up food and eat it, look for shelter, direct experience and stuff. We're, that's gone. We've got to figure out a way to be the people that have the strength to live lives that are at least partially in direct experience. That now has to take an effort. It's such a weird, it's such a weird thing. We have to create intentional effort to not have our lives mediated by a technology. Isn't that, I mean, it's just, it's just insane when you think about it that way. But that's what it takes, you guys. You can fight it. You can fight me and you can argue, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, you got to get off that off that couch, and you got to relate to people. You got to make. You got to be the person that can choose to eat healthy most of the time. You got to be the person to choose to move their body because they don't actually have to. You have to be the person that chooses to relate to people, at least to balance out indirect relation with people. This is what it is. You want strength. You want to be the person strong enough to live the life you want to be. You want to live. Start training. Make yourself stronger. Make yourself stronger. Test yourself in little ways day to day. Little, unnoticeable by others ways. Put that stock of celery on your plate. Take that walk around your house. Test yourself. Engage yourself as much as you possibly can. That doesn't mean you're going to burn out. Dig? That's what it is. That's what it's about. 
this week in technology is looking at this picture and going, we are soft and we, and this isn't like military, like you're soft, maggot. This is just, it's just true as a species. We're not getting healthier and happier. We are weaker functionally, physically, but also mentally weaker. We are not equipped to deal with this craziness because we have to learn how to engage and nobody's going to do that for us. Nobody can do that for you. No guru, no meditation coach, no nutritionist, no fitness instructor. Nobody can do that for you. You're the one that has to be to be the person that engages. How you engage, then you can get help from all those people I just mentioned. But it starts with you. Got it? All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. I'm back to spelling it W-E-E-K. So we're good. We, 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 we've, we've ventured into the uh, synonyms, and we now are uh, not synonyms. I don't know what those would be. Homonyms? Sure. Words that sound the same? I don't. Listen, I'm not that kind of grammarian. <clears throat> if you guys want to email me, podcast at sidgarzahillman.com. Podcast at sidgarzahillman.com. Throw me a review if you wouldn't mind. That would be very nice. A donation to the podcast would be phenomenal. What would make me even happier, sign up for smallsteppers.com. It'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind, uh, but it really will. You guys are awesome. Send me an email. I do love hearing your guys' experience with this process and all the things that you're doing with it. It's really inspiring and fantastic, and I mean it every week when I say thank you, thank you to all those who have done that. It makes my life better, and I hope that I'm helping make your life better. That's the give and take of this. Woohoo! Hey, episode number 205 is right around the corner next week. Guess where I'm going to be? Freaking here to do it, okay? Jiminy Christmas. Talk to you next week, you guys. Be well. Probably shed a thousand dreams, but still we're wearing one. But still
gazing on you it keeps me Probably missed hundreds of things but still we're holding ourselves up here. Finding shelter in you It makes me July. 